In life, we encounter people every day, all of whom have stories to share. We rarely take the time to ask people their personal stories, many of which will touch, move, and inspire us in some way. Matt has a passion for making authentic connections and learning about people from all walks of life. He has lived a life of giving back to the community and making a difference in people's lives. Are you ready to meet fascinating people and hear some inspiring stories? The Matt Hilton Show will introduce you to a world of possibilities you never knew existed. Sit back, be present, and enjoy. Here's your host, Matt Hilton. Hey everyone, Matt Hilton here, the host of The Matt Hilton Show. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is going to be a continuation of the best of from the past year. Thank you all so much for tuning in each and every week and subscribing to the YouTube channel. And now for a word from our sponsor. With almost 20 years of real estate experience in the North Texas area, the professional realtors at Hilton Realty Advisors have helped over 500 clients with their housing needs. Hilton Realty Advisors covers all areas of real estate, buying, selling, building, investing, and renting. We deliver the keys to homeownership to all through integrity, love, and joy. Call us today for all of your real estate needs. For many of you that have tuned into the Matt Hilton Show over the past year, one of the favorites is Granny Tate. And I see her as the most talented guest that I've had. You'll remember on the stage, she had all of her creations that she has created over the years at the ripe young age of 93. Stay tuned. Amongst us is a lot of things that you have created here. Um, we have a vase that is painted over there, uh, and it's a beautiful vase. Did you, you make the vase as well, or did you? No, I didn't make that vase. Okay, I you it. painted it. I okay. painted it. All right. Black white. All right. And yeah. then just below that vase, tell us about doll creation. How did you create, how did you create that doll? <laughs> well, I had the molds. I bought molds. I've got molds right now and all kinds of molds. I made dolls. I've got a room. Well, you saw the dolls. I got a room full of dolls that I yeah. made. Yeah. yeah. So I asked you to bring yeah. your favorite doll today. What, why is that doll one of your favorites? He's a little boy. Little boy. I like little boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, he, he is a cutie. Yeah. What is the hair made out of? It's from an old uh, wig. Okay. A wig. Just from an old wig. Are you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did you make the clothes as well or did you buy I made buy the clothes. Those? Yes. Okay. Yes, I made the clothes. Yeah. And when yeah. I was setting that up today, it is ceramic. Like yeah. it's heavy. Yes, um, it is. The legs, you know, move on their own. So it's a, it's a well-made doll. Yeah. So. I got a lot of them. You saw yes, it. Yes, ma'am. I, I saw a whole yeah. room of them on, yeah. on a lot of shelves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes some, some of them were kind of scary looking, too. I know it. You're yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Well, they're supposed to be. I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it more interesting when you get one of uh, a lot of kinds, different kinds. For sure. And yeah. I saw a lot of different kinds of dolls. You did. Where did you get your inspiration for making the dolls? Well, it was just something that I liked. I collected antique dolls that was mainly some of those are antiques okay but a lot of them's what i've made well it was a thing that uh we just did the old ladies a lot of several old ladies around and that's what we did so you and started i sold them i i took them to markets oh you did yeah okay. i went to the markets with them a lot so these dolls are potentially in people's houses that are watching yes, the show all, today. all over everywhere forever yeah. Because I traveled with them, 
and set up with them in the flea markets in a lot of different places. Yeah. 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 I've been in some shows, mm -hmm. done shows in different little towns down in East Texas. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's been a, a lot of work, but I loved it. Yes, ma'am. Met yes, a lot of good people. You're definitely a creative because, I mean, we have this plate that you've you've painted as well yeah um, right. and it has some roses on it yeah i hear that's your favorite uh your favorite flower is a rose is that that's right red roses and i've got a song i'm singing all the time red, red roses. roses yeah and and that's what that is over there beside you are some red roses on one of those right. uh, shelves yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah red roses yeah. are all around you yes and is there did you have red roses growing up? Is it something that you... Yes, I always have red, red roses. Yeah. It's my favorite. Your favorite? Yeah. Okay. Roses, red roses are my favorites, but I've, I've had a lot of different kinds of flowers in my yards everywhere I live. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that you, you wrote a song called Red Roses. I did, and I sing it a lot. So you still sing it? Yes. So it. what did you write this song? Who did you write the song for? What was the, what was the background behind the song? Well, it's just a love song. A love song? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was it for someone you in particular? You want me to sing it? You want me to sing it? <laughs> well, was it for somebody in particular? Or well, was it, it just a generic love song? My husband. Okay. Yeah. All right. My husband. Yeah. So yes, to answer your question, I'd yes. love for you to sing it. All right. Red roses to say that I love you. Oh, red roses say I need you. Red roses tell a story. Oh, a story that's never been told. Red roses bloom in the springtime. Red roses bloom in the fall. Red roses say that I need you and I love you most of all. Oh, that I love you most of all, most of all. That's fantastic. Y'all give her a round of applause. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Thank you for doing yes, that. Yes. And do you sing that um, currently when you, because I understand you go and you sing at different places around the Hearst, Euless, Bedford area. All over, yes. Yeah. And yes, you still I sing, sing that. that song? Yes, I do. Yeah. It's I've seen some of... videos of you dancing around too, so I know you get up and dance well, too. Well, I've danced a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Do you yes, have a, a, a favorite style of dance? Do you like to the... ballroom dance, country well, dance? I like it all. You like it all? Yeah. Okay. It's just according to what the, what the need is at the time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You need to have a good beat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta have a good beat. Right. That's it. That's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. But that's in music. You gotta be on I got a I got a song that's floating around right now by a guy that's travels the whole world and he's he's singing it and I'm harmonizing with him you on are. it. And it's yeah. 
and he's big in music. Okay, yeah. is it a song you wrote? No, no. Okay, so you're milk, harmonizing I, the with the Milk Cow Blues. It's an old country western out of Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he sang I yodel, <laughs> I yodel too, I yodel. And what's the name me. of that song? The, uh, the Milk Cow Blues. Milk Cow Blues. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah. going to ask you at the towards the end of the show to maybe sing that one. I'd love to hear you yodel. All right. Oh. I'll, I'll do that in a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you're not going to get me to sing, but Red Roses, Red Roses. Um, what a lovely woman. And I am so honored that she was a guest on my show. This next clip that I'm going to share with you is my personal trainer and friend, Tim McComsey. And I have dubbed him as the most athletic guest of the year. You'll hear a part of his story that he shares with us. And even behind his muscles and good looks, you'll see that he has a past that he had to deal with in order to get where he is today. Stay tuned. You know, a part of this show is fascinating people and inspiring stories, right? So in the six years that I've known Tim, um, you know, just like a hairstylist, uh, your weight trainer um, becomes some sort of a therapist, right? You tell them everything and they talk to you about stuff. So um, over the years, we have shared stories. And one of the stories that uh, Tim has shared with me is his battle with bulimia in growing up. Um, and so... With that being said, I want to like delve into that a little bit because just because you were athletic, um, active, um, you still had some personal issues with your body image and things of that nature, right? Yeah. So course. what led to, if you can go back in time, do you recall what led to the, the bulimia? The bulimia, the bulimia is a tricky one uh, because that, that, that became later on in my life in my early 20s. So I believe uh, the other stuff that came before would be like exercise orexia, where you exercise too much and you eat super healthy. So the caloric intake doesn't match what you're outputting and inputting. So your body actually becomes uh, slower. Your muscle mass becomes less, things like that. So you actually do more harm to your body than good at a state like that. But I believe probably around the age of 14, 15 is one I noticed now looking back when things started happening for me in a, in a bad way. Okay. So you said exercise Orexia. Exercise orexia. Yeah. Right. So that's not anorexia. Correct. So what is the difference in the two? So this is going to be an educational moment for me and, and the viewers and listeners. Anorexia is uh, more popular. And what, what anorexia is when someone just doesn't want to eat. They have a fear of eating. Uh, so they'll, they'll find ways not to eat food and they tend to get smaller and stuff that way. Uh, exercise orexia is more of a newer term. Uh, it's when you, you eat something, but then you want to exercise. You run a couple miles after you're done eating. To try to burn those calories or in my case i ate super healthy like the healthiest i ever eaten in my life i can never do it again by the way it's mm. be impossible uh you eat super healthy but then you exercise a lot so playing soccer training for soccer working out with weights were things i did on top of eating healthy but your calories are here and then what you're burning for exercise is up here so you're basically burning your muscle tissue you're eating uh none of calories that support your body mass right so you said that happened before the bulimia yeah, that happened probably a good five years before the bulimia. Okay, so into the headspace of someone who was, you know, exercise orexia, you know, for several years. And then is there a transference into bulimia? I mean, or was there a time period where there wasn't much going on? You were accepting of who you were? Like, I'm just, I'm curious. I don't think in general there's any, there's any timeline for everyone. So 
I was speaking for me here when I speak about this. Uh, looking back on it now, I think it was a four to five year transition into trying to be so perfect with the food and trying to be so perfect on the soccer field and not to let your friends down, your parents down, your brothers down, to be the best you could be to, to keep your teams winning, right? So what I noticed was that perfection, you lose control of it. Mm. The next thing you do, you just realize you're starting to binge your food at certain times, more so emotionally eating. And then after a while, you don't feel good. You have so much food that you're just, you don't feel good. And then you start learning how to binge uh, your food, okay. which is never a good place to be. Um, but it was uh, a place I went for probably a few years. Yeah. Um, you recall what led to that come? Like, was there, was there, and, and again, you don't want to share anything. Let me, let me know. Yeah. But is there, is, was there something emotional that happened? Was there a, a trigger that happened? early in life? Uh, you know, things happen, things happen in your life. Uh, things happen, a lot of things happen in my life, I think at the time, but I, I'm one today never to blame stuff on external circumstances. Uh, but around that time, I think when I did the transfer, I was a freshman year in college, two hours away from home, everything unfamiliar, uh, playing soccer at a place I don't want to play soccer. Um, and then my parents ended up getting divorced that year. So from the external eye, it would look like my parents' divorce led me to be bulimic. But me knowing me and who I am now today, that was not the case. So my parents, mom, dad, if you're watching, you guys, it's not because of you that I became bulimic. I believe there was uh, things within me that caused me to do it. And I think it still goes back to being perfect, OCD, uh, wanting to be the best and just not being able to control some things in my life. So where do you think that came from? Being perfect and OCD, because I have some of those tendencies too. So Yeah, you, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think that came from? I think it just came from the drive. You know, just my growing up, just just being good at soccer at one point, being really good at soccer, uh, trying to maintain maintain that for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Go to the Division One school, maybe uh, go play professionally somewhere overseas or even MLS. I think it was a little bit early for that, but MLS or something like that, just to continue that, to make myself happy, maybe, and then to make other people happy at the same time. Right. Right. Okay. So, looking back. If you were to tell your younger self something that, you know, that you've learned over the years, what would you tell your younger self today? To keep it simple, I would just say, be you. Just, just be you. Just be who you're going to be. Don't worry about the outside pressures, external people telling you stuff. Uh, even nowadays with my business or the way I carry myself and the things I do, people say stuff and I don't, I don't really care. I'm, I'm going to do what makes me happy. I mean, you know that. You've been training yeah. me off and on for a few years. People say something to me. I'm like, cool. That's what you think. I'm good. Yeah. But so just just live the life that makes you happy in a healthy way. Yeah. yeah. And that means so much to you that you got it tattooed on your wrist, right? Yeah, I got a tattoo on my wrist to be you. Yeah. So it says be you. And um, I just, when I first met him, um, that was right after I came out um, of being gay. And I remember seeing that tattooed on your wrist and going, okay, if he believes in being you, then I can be me yeah. and not have to worry about yeah. anything. Yeah. Right. So, um, that was something that I felt, um, a connection with him when I first met him. So he's a good, genuine guy is what I'm trying to say. And, um, when he says be you, he means to, to be you. And, um, so I appreciate that about you. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but, but thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate you too. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. Tim, thank you for sharing that part of your story with us. 
And anyone who needs a great personal trainer, contact Tim McComsey. He's the best. Now for our final category, and I have chosen for the most bossy, Jeff Crilly. And no, Jeff isn't really the most bossy person, but I couldn't think of any other title to give him. But I did enjoy his interview, and I wanted you to listen to a part of his story that he told us during his time with us. What I did not predict, Matt, when I wrote the book was it would become my exit from TV. And my whole identity was tied up in TV news, so I never really intended to leave TV news. But I just discovered that, man, I was having more fun speaking and making people laugh than I was doing the news. And, and often towards the end of my news career, and it ended in 2008 when I quit, uh, I was doing a lot of murders and fires. And, you know, you talk about, you know, having those moments where you're taking on somebody's grief. Sometimes I'm in the living room of a family who just lost a loved one hours earlier. And I am honestly just taking on all of that because in order to be a good reporter, uh, you have to empathize. And to empathize with a grieving family where the, where the wound is that fresh, uh, I felt like I was constantly taking on grief. And after a while, it just, it was wearying. And I said, you know, I think I would rather tell happy stories and help people, you know, tell their own story. And, and now here we are in studios where yeah. you're getting to tell very unique stories, all, all your own. Um, I got to brag on Matt because Matt had, you and I became reacquainted, I want to say about a year ago, right? And I showed you some of our studios and I remember laying on your heart about a year ago, you should think about doing a television show. And it, I think you, it took a little while for you to adjust to that idea, but you called me up and it was a very happy day because you said, uh, Jeff, I'm going to take you up on that. We're going to, we're going to do a show. Yeah. And I think you get a lot of joy from this, don't you? Oh, I do. I, I get a ton of joy from it. And I, that was something I wanted to, to bring up as well is, yeah, so, you brought me in because I had created a nonprofit and you brought me in to interview. I, I reached out to you to ask you, Hey, I'd love to tell you about my nonprofit. And you said, well, why don't you be on the show? Right, so, so I took a page from your free publicity book. All right, this is the part of the of the Matt Hilton show where Jeff takes over and now I'm in. No, no, no. <laughs> I was afraid of that. No. So, yeah, so that's what happened. And you interviewed me and it was, uh, and afterwards you said, I think you would be really good at doing something you know, like this in this format. So I thought about it, prayed about it. It wasn't something I, I'm really in the past have been really uh, bad about making quick decisions and mm -hmm. not thinking through. So uh, I really wanted to think about what was going to be the format, who were going to be my guests initially to get it off the ground. Um, and so, yeah, so I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, no, I, I love to see you in the hallways and he, Matt has such a kind heart and a generous spirit. It's nice. I mean, you add, uh, an extra something to this studio because uh, you you bring joy. And when I see you now in the hallways, uh, it's, it's it's always like, okay, Matt, what episode are we on now? Do you remember? <laughs> what episode is this? Do you remember? I I don't worry. It's, it's it's probably ten or eleven, right? Something like that. See, so, that's, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it's fun. So as we move, forward, I want to go back real quick because you did say something that I just want to validate what you said. Sure. You said it. You know. When man makes a plan, God laughs, right? You had a plan of being in that newsroom. I did. You had a plan of you wanted to be, you know, this lead reporter. You wanted to be the, so by a certain age, right? Mm -hmm. And you thought that was going to happen, but then 
you wrote the book and as you said it kind of took you out of that out of that role out of, out of that um, that environment right so um, you had a plan and God had another one for you so yes. and and we're here today right at real news um, communications network and it's interesting because how long ago did you change the name because it used so, to be real news public, public relations, relations so we right? actually, we and we actually have both names so my uh -huh. daughter named this uh network uh it's kind of funny and we still have the letters they're out in the in the lobby i came in one day because we'd started to do shows and i came in one day and i saw these uh letters rncn and my daughter's my vice president and so i, I innocently asked i said what is rncn sarah <laughs> and she says the real news communications network dad I kind of like that. And about that time, you know, fake news had come along. So real news versus fake news. I was like, I do like RNC and, and it kind of, you know, looks like call letters for a radio station like sure. WKRP or something mm -hmm. like that. And so uh, it, it stuck. And um, I'm so glad that uh, we ended up naming it that because when you look on Google at our body of work and now there's like, you know, thousands and thousands of shows, uh, Google and YouTube see us as a network no different than mm -hmm. ABC or NBC. If you look back through the body of our, our work, it, it looks like a network you might find in New York. Yeah, yeah. And being in communications as much as you have, you've seen it evolve over the years. So I'm going to ask you to look in your crystal ball real quick. Okay. Where do you see reporting and this social media and communications as a whole evolving over the coming let's just say decade. Yes. So what I see happening is commercial television in general is under the decline. It's just slowly, um, the audiences are eroding. Why? Because we all have this rectangle. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, people don't care how it got to the rectangle, it, whether it came from YouTube or, uh, you know, our website mm -hmm. or ABC News New York, we don't really differentiate anymore. And so what I see happening with um, our network and how this is the future is what we have clients that we get on the news all the time, you know, local news, NBC, ABC, CBS. And sometimes they'll come back and they'll say, oh, yeah, but I only got three minutes. And I'm like, well, I can't control that. That's not my candy mm -hmm. store. Mm -hmm. But now we have this candy store where you can tell your own story without editing or fear of censorship or anything like that. Right. And the epiphany for me, Matt, was, uh, and the viewer can do this as well, go to YouTube and just put in teenage makeup tips and you'll see a 13-year-old girl doing makeup and you'll see the subscribers and you'll see 3 million followers. Well, to put that into perspective, the CBS Evening News only reaches about 900,000 right now. So if a 13-year-old if a girl on a webcam can have triple the audience mm -hmm. of the CBS Evening News, mm -hmm. it means the thing the thing has already shifted. So we're already there. Uh, I liken it to Blockbuster and Netflix. You remember when yeah. Blockbuster was the behemoth mm -hmm. and then there was this little gnat called Netflix that was just kind of buzzing around its ear? <laughs> well, uh, I believe that Netflix has already passed Blockbuster and, and uh, Blockbuster being commercial television. Mm -hmm. I think social media has already overtaken uh, the networks and the networks may not know it yet. And so this is the future. The future is become the media. And that's exactly what we're doing today. The show that you're doing right now mm -hmm. might not air on ABC or NBC or CBS. Why? It's their candy store, but you don't need their permission. 
Yeah. You know, you wake up with an idea. I'm going to be the executive producer. I'm going to interview who I want to interview. Okay. If I want to talk about my faith on the air, I'm going to talk about my faith on the air. And right. Without fear of some general manager of some station saying, no, you can't say that. I love that. I love that. Can't you just tell that Jeff exudes the qualities of being a great reporter? You know, when I came to the studios here to interview on Jeff's show about a nonprofit that I'm the chief happiness officer of, Jeff walked me down the hall and he encouraged me to host my own show. It took me two months to garner the courage and to find the sponsors, but once I made that decision, I owe the opportunity of being the host of The Matt Hilton Show to none other than Jeff Crilly. Thank you all for tuning in to today's show and to all the episodes of The Matt Hilton Show from the past year and hopefully for many years to come. And please remember to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, to Facebook, to Instagram, and to any other uh, platform where The Matt Hilton Show is either heard or seen. Thank you all. Have a blessed day. If you'd like to contact Matt or know a fascinating person with an inspiring story that would make a great guest, reach out to the show at TheMattHiltonShow at gmail.com.